What up? It is the Everything is Marketing podcast on Super Bowl weekend. And you might not know this, but 50 years ago in the first Super Bowl, the Green Bay Packers, their coach, the very famous Vince Lombardi, got super mad. Why? Well, because his team had to re-kick the kickoff after halftime. Why did they have to do that? Well, because NBC didn't get back in time because they were running a commercial for Winston Cigarettes. And thus, the era of Super Bowl advertising is born. And today we will talk about still what some marketers this weekend think will be the second screen, but actually is the first. It's the Everything is Marketing Podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. What up? It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and we are dealing with a fantastic time, my friends, as it is Super Bowl weekend. And if you're in marketing and not paying attention to what's going on, you are actually not in marketing. I can say that unequivocally because this is really what it's all about. You're seeing so many things come out of this weekend that set the tone and the trend for the rest of the year as far as marketing goes that the Super Bowl from a marketing perspective might be more important to some people than the game itself. Specifically, right, if you don't care about Denver or you don't care uh, about Cam Newton and the Panthers, well, then it's all about the marketing. It's all about the commercials. And the thing about the commercials, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff today, uh, but the thing about the commercials that's gotten very interesting is prior to the absolute explosion of social media, it used to be that you would watch the game, and then on Monday, if the game was close, you would you might talk about the game, but more than likely, and uh, you, you know, we go back to the intro, talking about Winston cigarettes, more than likely, you're going to talk about a commercial or two around the water cooler. Times have clearly changed. You're going to talk about those commercials as they're happening. So that's why you're seeing this week and probably a little bit of last week, these commercials rolling out early so that they can leverage the audience against the commercial. Because if you are going to pay $5 million to get your commercial in front of 115 million people, totally a steal as far as TV goes at this point. If you're going to do that, it's got to connect. And if you think it might not connect at one thirty-second play, well, either A, don't put it in the Super Bowl, or B, put it in the Super Bowl and roll it on YouTube a week early to get that traction going so people have seen it enough time so that they act with it or act on it or act around it. Because like I said, if you put a $5 million commercial out there uh, and nobody interacts with it or you do a really bad job of talking about the brand itself. I think the best example of that in recent memory was the Fiat commercial that most people think is a Viagra commercial. That's a terrible use of $5 million because if they don't even know that the car is what the purpose is and that the Viagra is supposed to represent the power in the tiny Fiat, you got to go back to the creative team and be like, guys, we blew this and they blew that. So when you're spending that kind of money, it's a great plan right now to start rolling those commercials out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Snapchat, on YouTube. I mean, you see the studies and the stats that show that if you have a piece of content that lives on TV and is put into Facebook native video, the stats are off the chart about the interaction and the brand recognition and the buying signs that go up when they see them in both places. So that's why you want to get these things started early and you want to get them to live not only beforehand, certainly game day, 
and then maybe a couple days after, because depending on the age bracket, you might want those things to live on a little bit further down the road. Because when you start looking at, uh, CMO did a great study with Adobe about how people consume ads and why they consume them and what they do with them when it's done. Uh, you're seeing that the boomers, the most likely time that they're going to go to your website is going to be within seven days after the game. That is not anywhere near uh, what they're going to do during the game or right after the game. So right after the game, they're they're likely not going to be doing anything. They're going to be done right after the game is over. And during the game, they are watching the game. They're old school, right? They're watching the game. They're probably interacting maybe with their second screen or their first screen, but they're probably not going to do anything or take an action based on what you want them to do. Now, if you're talking about you, you guys can guess which direction this is going. If you're talking about Gen Xers, well, right after the game is the most likely time that they're going to go to your website. So once the game is over and the social time is over, that's when they're going to sit down on their phone or their tablet and go check out the thing that you had advertised to them or marketed to them. Go to millennials. Ooh, who wants to guess how this one's going to show up? Yes, they're going to do it during the game because really that they're in the now. They're living in the moment. They are the ones that are right now shaping the way that we market because everybody wants to talk to millennials because millennials do stuff like this where during the game, they want to check out your website. They want to know what the sale is. They want to see the new widget. They want to get a hold of the Apple Watch or whatever you're going to be advertising. They're doing it there. So you need to understand and obviously it's too late for this one, but it's great for us marketers to watch and see which ones knew this data going in and did it right and which ones did not. You need to know what ad you're going for, what demographic you're going for, and how they're going to use the message you are giving them. So when you put your Snapchat icon up on the screen, well, millennials are going to jump on that immediately. Baby boomers, not at all. And you need to know that stuff going in. And what's not surprising, because I've been talking about this for months, is all three demographics are watching your Facebook ads, not on YouTube, kids, not on YouTube. They're watching it across the board on Facebook first. Millennials, Gen X, baby boomers are all seeing these ads on Facebook rather than YouTube. Um, and that comes from the from the sheer volume of the 4 billion plays a day that are happening both on Facebook and on Snapchat. So you're seeing people who are totally used to consuming video. But the thing that, uh, you know, we're not here to talk about the difference between Facebook and YouTube, but we will at some point. The curation on Facebook is much easier and much better for the user than YouTube. YouTube is still the wild, wild west, and the curation is much too reliant on the user making all of those selections. And that's why they're seeing lots of people watch the videos on Facebook, because it's easier for you to just opt in and craft that news feed to be the stuff that you want to see easier than it was to craft your YouTube subscription to get the videos that you want to see. And as I said in the uh, podcast earlier, you're going to see a lot of comedy this year because comedy is the way that you connect to people. It's the easiest way to connect fear and comedy. And I, I don't know that fear plays really well in the middle of the Super Bowl. So you're going to see a lot of comedy. They have upped when we talk about social. What do we talk about? Leveraging your network to reach a larger audience. So you're seeing an increase from 28 stars last year to 33 stars this year that are going to be making cameos or full on in these commercials because you're going to leverage their network to push your product. You're going to see that. You're going to see a lot of movie trailers. You're going to see Coca-Cola is working with Marvel, so they're going to have a Super Bowl ad. And Coca-Cola is stealing a page from the Deadpool ad campaign. They are not releasing their 
commercial. Instead, what they're doing is they've been releasing mini cans to the media that are showing artistic renderings of the Marvel comic superheroes, and then you're going to get to see the ad on the Super Bowl. That will work too if there's interest. And right now, when you're you're if you're dealing with two things in media, if you're dealing with Star Wars or Marvel or DC, you pretty much can do whatever you want. And this is a great way to have a tease to lead towards people watching that commercial. Now, the trick goes back to 10 minutes ago when I was just talking about, can Coca-Cola convert on that? Are they going to release Marvel cans and they're going to be collectible and that's what you're going to go? It'll be just like the name campaign, so you're going to get the Thor name can or the Wolverine name can or whatever. Maybe, but for $5 million, they need to be able to capitalize on that, specifically if they're going to start leveraging after the game. You're automatically looking at the statistics. You're automatically cutting off most of the millennials, which if I was a soda company would scare me a little bit. But at the same time, I'm betting most of the soda from Coca-Cola is being sold to Gen X and baby boomers as millennials are clearly more health conscious than the generations that preceded them. Here's the other thing that I find interesting about Super Bowl and the statistics that are coming out from a marketing perspective is that Email and email marketing is something you don't hear talked about a lot with the Super Bowl. But if you're trying to reach Gen Xers and above, they are 70% more likely to check their email during the game, which I think is really weird because it's the last thing on earth I'm going to do during the Super Bowl, but I'm a bit of an outlier. So they are 70% more likely over millennials to check their email. And 35% of the baby boomers and Gen Xers that are going to watch the Super Bowl have self-identified in the study to say they will check their email. So if you are running, this is where we get into awesome targeting, right? If you're running an ad campaign for the Super Bowl and you partner that up with an email campaign done correctly with something that would make them click on it, you have a really high likelihood if you're baby boomers between now and the end of next week for them to go to your website. And if it's a Gen X or for them to do it that night. So if you could come up with something, let's take a really obscure thing that doesn't really need help selling, but we'll drive home the point. Pearl Jam just put on their uh, tickets for Wrigley Field for their uh, fan club. But if it was a public sale or even a VIP sale, if you could get all of the Gen Xers that were interested in Pearl Jam to see a commercial on the Super Bowl and then be served the email to get them into the database to buy tickets, you're going to see people react to that because that is something that they would want to jump on. Now, like I said, Pearl Jam needs no help selling out Wrigley Field at all. So that's not a thing that they would do. But the example is, here's something you want. I'm going to send you an email telling you how to get that thing. You're going to opt into that and then go get the thing. So email marketing is something we don't talk about a lot. But if done correctly for you know age 35 and above, you can have a lot of big wins on Super Bowl Sunday. And when you're trying to market and you're spending $5 million a spot, doubling that up with an email campaign and then after that with retargeting. So if you got the email and interacted in any way, shape or form, I can follow you on Facebook. I can follow you on Google. I can follow you wherever. That's how you put together a comprehensive campaign that makes that $5 million worth it. Because I'm telling you, there isn't another... Last year, it was a record-breaking night of media consumption. Record-breaking. There isn't another seminal moment in the United States where you can have as many eyeballs glued to a single thing that you can with the Super Bowl. So when marketers get excited about this, we get excited about this because it's a ripe testing ground to do a whole bunch of cool marketing and even try some things that you don't hear people talking about a lot, like email marketing in the midst of a Super Bowl game. 
those are something you don't hear about a lot, but you probably should think about it because I think that would be a really compelling way for people to make some connections with older audiences that are more likely to interact with email. We know that millennials not going to click on your email campaign, but the other segments might very well. So check out your email this weekend and see if anybody is doing that correctly because running a $5 million campaign and then following up with a message as it's happening, some very powerful marketing techniques that you could be using on Super Bowl. So how does it work for you? Well, if you have an event and you can follow it up with, I don't know, an email campaign, you can mirror these things on a much smaller level and then scale them in reverse, right? Start with your 20 people that are coming to your keynote thing, then it becomes 30 people, then it becomes 100 people, then it becomes 500 people, then you're doing TED Talks. Same logic applies. If you're going to do a TED, you can't sell from TED, but let's pretend you could. You're going to do a TED Talk for 5,000 people. You could schedule your email campaign with all of those people in your CRM database that came to see you or came to see very Gary Vaynerchuk so that the, by the time you walk off stage, you have already served them an ad. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk is selling his book right now. You've already served them an ad for how they can pick up your book. If they can't pick it up at the keynote, they get a 10 or 20% discount because they heard you speak and they act right now with the email campaign. Big wins in email. This is the stuff that I'm saying all the time is that there's a lot of people that are running around that are telling you all of these things are dead. And it's not that these things are dead, they're evolving. And it's not that you shouldn't use them, you just shouldn't use them in the dark. Meaning you should, just shouldn't do, I just do email campaigns. Okay, if you just do email campaigns, chances are you're going to lose. Because you need to double it up with something else or triple it up with something else. If you do those sorts of things, you can build a comprehensive 360 degree view of your marketing universe and connect with an audience. If you just pick one, it's going to be much much more difficult. Super Bowl this weekend. I cannot wait to see the ads. Going to be super exciting. As I, some ridiculous amount of people, I think 52%, 52% are going to be watching the game on a smart TV with a device in their hand. Meaning, this is now a game where people are connected on every level. So you've got a smart TV connected to the internet. You're using your first screen in your hand to do whatever it is you're going to do. Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Check your email, apparently, if you're a Gen Xer or above. And you're dealing with a platform, a TV screen, that marketers can now use the internet within the smart TVs to add another layer of connection to the audience. So as these people are watching on smart TVs, there's some really compelling things that could be happening. Things like tailoring commercials for the people that are watching the game. These things are absolutely possible when you're dealing with a wired world and the internet of things. And so that is why when you're talking about marketing and you're talking about the Super Bowl, everybody can't get enough of it because we can't get enough of it because there's so many exciting things happening here, which makes this weekend, regardless, regardless of who's playing, makes this weekend super exciting for marketing. All right. Have an awesome weekend. We'll talk on Monday. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast.